guys, I said I'm sorry. I didn't know anything about the movie. For like, the I, love of we are going to revoke your privileges for two weeks. Okay, here's the deal. You just said you didn't know anything about the movie. I'm going to say clearly. <laughs> <laughs> that was obvious in the first two minutes. <laughs> you were listening to. <laughs> oh, a sound of thunder? Not that bad, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was that bad. <laughs> I'm going to say you were listening to the Give Me Five podcast. Episode 185. This is Side B. The Give Me Five podcast, a bi-weekly podcast reviewing movies we should really vet before making them our pick of the week. I said I'm sorry. It's half of the show, so I'm done with that. We don't do that around here. Yeah, we we fly by the seat of our pants. Yeah. If, it's available, if it's available to stream, we're going to watch it. <laughs> My name is Gwendolyn, and I'm joined by Yik. Hi. Hello again. And Yak. Nobody's yak. We're both yak. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) So this is a side B episode, like we said at the top of the show. We are going to talk about a movie called The Perils of Gwendolyn in the Land of the Yik Yak. And of course, we are going to answer our Give Me Five question of the week. I might make you guys watch Dead in Tombstone next week. I will. No, no. (laughs) You could have just watched Dead Again in Tombstone, but no, you made me do bad things. This is on you, Greg. You should warn them, Rob, that there might be spoilers about this Yik Yak film. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> this, we're not going to spoil anything because you're not going to watch this. This is terrible. If you do watch it, you deserve what you get because you're going to know what you're in for. It's terrible with boobs. There, there are boobs. There, All of them. They are definitely boobs. So are... in that respect, it's better than A Sound of Thunder, Omar. Ouch. <laughs> Your movie didn't even have boobs in it. Yeah, yeah. I know. Sound Your of Thunder, movie was just uh, bad. We reviewed that in episode 183, I believe. Yeah. Or was that 184? I want to say 83. I, I don't know. I blacked it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so this, we've, <laughs> this movie is called The Perils of Gwendolyn in the Land of the Yik Yak. Now, the, yeah, uh, it, it is a mouthful because you could also call this movie Gwendolyn. And the movie is the reason why I picked it was because, sadly, Tawny Katane just passed away. And she, uh, you know, I was like, what else has she done? Because she was in Bachelor Party, and she was in a bunch of White Snake videos and on the cover of Rat albums. And, and we can't do some... Bachelor Party because that's a good movie, great movie. Yeah. So, you know, that's basically what you know. So I was like, okay, let's see what else she's done. I saw this movie; it had a funny title, and that's exactly where I'm like, oh, okay, sweet. <laughs> we're uh, we're going to do this movie now. We are not doing this movie to make fun of Tawny Katane one week after she died. No. That is, that is, that is my, uh, my disclaimer. Um, you know, people have good parts of their career. People have bad parts of their career. A lot of times, actresses just getting into the Hollywood scene are going to be put in exploitative films by assholes. So we are doing this specifically to make fun of the director and writer of this movie, not who's, Tawny Katane. Whose name coincidentally looks like it's just Jackin. Yeah, we're, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yes, his name is, in fact, just Jackin. <laughs> wow. But, we'll, 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 trust me, we're good. <laughs> uh, I do want to say that, you know, the the actors, actresses, whatever, in this, Tawny Katane is in it. The other, one of the other actors is a guy named Brent Huff. He is uh, on the show The Rookie, I believe, now. Um, so he's actually a pretty, he's had a very long, illustrious career since this. Um, and he did tweet out when Tawny Katane 
passed away. He said, hard to believe Tawny Katane is gone. We started our careers together with The Perils of Gwendolyn. We, recent, we recently were reconnected, and it was like we never missed a beat. She was one of a kind in the very best way, RIP Tawny Katane. And there was a very sweet picture of them, like, sitting together. Like, recent picture of them. And I, saw it. I thought that was kind of a cool little thing. You know, considering when we talk about this, we're going to talk about, like, what a douche canoe Brent Huff's character is in this film. Um, so let's, uh, do this here. Uh, let's jump right in. This came out January 25th of 1985. That was three days before my birthday in 1985. I'm surprised my parents you didn't go take... You were not born in 1985. No, like, no, no, no. Like the, my birthday par- like party, I would have been like, what, eight? I've been turning eight. I'm surprised my parents didn't take me to see this. They should have. They absolutely should have. Yeah. You're eight years old <laughs> now. You're old enough to be a man. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go see some boobs. Here you go. Yeah. (laughs) Where do I look? Uh, It is directed, as Rob said, by Just Jackin. That is J-U-S-T-J-A-E-K-I-N. Just Jackin. Just Jackin. Really? And you know he changed his name to that because no parent in their right mind is going to name their kid Just Jackin. What are you doing? I'm Just Jackin. And he's actually a pretty famous director when it comes to exploitative films, ex- exploitative films, because he directed the uh, the basic softcore porn slash hardcore porn movie uh, Emmanuel, which is a movie that you hear people reference it a lot. At least the uh, um, the the tagline for it it's like the wife of a French diplomat in Bangkok, Emmanuel embarks on a voyage of sexual discovery. <laughs> like you always hear like that Why are phrase those always in Bangkok. <laughs> well, that's not an accident. <laughs> Omar would very much like us to not keep talking about this right now while the trial is still underway. <laughs> uh, fair what enough. What happens in Bangkok stays in Bangkok. Stays on the other side of the planet. Yes. Uh, it stars Tawny Katane. Uh, she, of course, plays Gwendolyn and... Uh, this is her first movie, which uh, this came out the same year as Bachelor Party, actually. But this is this one was filmed a little bit earlier, so it was one of those that took like two years to come out. Mm. Sad and sadly should have taken forever. Uh, sadly should have no, they should have expressed better decision making skills. Yes, exactly. Uh, it has Brent Huff, who we're talking about, who is on the rookie right now, um, who in a very bold decision. They decided to make the lead male character a complete and utter asshole until he wasn't, but for no reason. Like, I think they were going for, like, the roguish Han Solo, Indiana Jones type, right? (laughs) He was just a dick. But he was just a dick. Yeah, that's correct. Like, they couldn't figure out, which might have been a a translation situation, but he was just an asshole from the very beginning. And even, even all the way up until he wasn't. Like, asshole, 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 and I love you. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, because. Yeah. Uh, but he's, you know, he's, as I said, he's been, uh, uh, yeah, and, and the character is weird, but we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, Zabu Breitman plays Beth. She's she of the weird bangs, but still cute. Totally. Uh, there's a dude in there named Andre Julian that I wanted to uh, highlight because he and again all this stuff we'll talk about later. Uh, he was had the longest smoking hash while getting a lazy blowjob scene that I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> okay, so, okay. Thank you for bringing that up. Was that what, what he was... I thought he was getting... Was that what he was smoking? Because I was curious. I wanted to... <laughs> I... I, I uh, that was a weird scene. <laughs> the whole, the whole movie was a weird scene. Was, that's fair. Okay. We're, so we're, we're going to revisit all of these things. So hold all of these things as, as okay. we go through here. Um also, Bernadette LaFont was playing the queen, which who showed up very late in the movie and kind of, and seemed like she was in a different movie at the time. Um, so that's that. Now, this is based on a comic book, which I did not know. Actually, a comic strip that had been collected into a comic book. Uh, I'm trying to find where I put that information there. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's based – and I, I went down the rabbit hole on this as well. Uh, it is based on the Adventures of Sweet Gwendolyn, which was uh, 
a comic. It was um, comic strips that were drawn by a bondage artist. So these were in magazines and stuff named John Willie. So yes, John Willie drew a movie, drew a comic that Just Jackin turned into something. Um, it was published as a serial. So it was about two pages at a time in a girly magazine called Wink. And back in June of 1947 to February in 1950. So that's pretty... For what this shows and what these comics show is you know, pretty progressive, I guess. It was France, so, you know, wherever it goes over there, I guess. Um, because it was a bondage thing, of course, this was a big deal because Gwendolyn would appear as a very naive person that was constantly getting captured and tied up by bad guys and also by good guys. So they would tie her up and then the good guys would rescue her and be like, we need to tie you up again because if not, you're going to get yourself in trouble again, basically. Um, so they even said the description says she is rescued and repeatedly tied up for bene though for benevolent reasons by secret agent U sixty nine, which I didn't I wonder if sixty nine was actually a thing back then. Yes. It, it was. was. Really? In the nineteen forties. That makes me just horrified to think about my grandparents. No. It was not a thing. I thought sex was invented in like nineteen seventy seven. The Kamasutra uh, would disagree. Yeah, true. Okay, let's... Let, shall we jump into here? Let's just talk about this movie. Sure. Um, the The opening of this movie. A shit ton of butterflies in the opening credits. I was yeah, like, what? I, well, that whatever. makes sense, though. It does, after you see the movie. Butterflies are a focal part, point of the movie. Or at least yeah. one butterfly is. Mm-hmm. I don't know why the butterfly lived in the desert, but whatever. Uh, if the butterfly flew 15 feet, it would no longer be in a desert. It would be in a rainforest. And if it flew another 15 feet, it would be in like a like a temperate forest. So, you know. And then it would be in a subterranean cavern. Yeah, exactly. So there's just a lot of butterfly images. Apparently, the director had a thing for butterflies and had a butterfly collection and just shot footage of them. Uh and use that as the opening sequence. Uh, then it basically starts off, and it actually looked kind of uh, like, oh, this could be interesting, because it sort of looked like Big Trouble in Little China. Mm-hmm. Uh, true. Actually, and then they find a girl in a box. Find a girl in a box. Now, oh, I didn't do the description of this movie here. The, uh, where is it? The... Because it's actually important for what I'm going to say here. Did I not write it down? Well, crap. You did. The uh, this, the recap or whatever? The, the synopsis. Oh, yeah, yeah. The synopsis, yeah. Gwendolyn, a runaway nun, arrives in Hong Kong on a mission to find her father, who is last seen in the legendary land of the Yik Yak, searching for a rare butterfly. She's guided on her perilous journey by the selfish mercenary Willard. I had no idea she was a nun. I was just going to say that. My initial thought, no she's a nun? Hint. Question mark? Yeah. There was no hint. The only hint that she might have been a nun is is the fact that she immediately gets horny the second she sees a dude. Yeah, like and like falls in love. He's like, I yeah, love and, him. and like yeah, he's an asshole. Zero, he does. There's no. Yeah, no. It doesn't. No. <laughs> so if she's there's a nun, she's zero like, I am saving. I am saving myself for God or whatever. I am going to be chased forever, and then this guy comes in, stabs a dude in the throat, and she's like, all of a sudden, like I need his dick. <laughs> right now, right now. <laughs> like, right now. like oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. the Wait, only thing at this, this point okay, that she knew in. about him. All right, yeah, yeah, that true. The only thing that she knew is that he stabbed a dude in the throat, <laughs> and she's like, "Yes." I mean, that's true though, because in the early part of the movie, every time he like defends her or like fights off bad guys, she's clearly getting like all hot and bothered about it. Mm -hmm. That happens a few times. Yeah. So a nun? I don't know. Okay, I don't get it. It, it never, uh, well, it never it, alludes to that. Yeah. Now I understand her getting hot and bothered. Did you see his abs? Yes, I did. I'm like, oh, shit. Like this movie <laughs> is uh, all about bare chests. <laughs> yeah, uh, so it looks like big trouble in Little China, as Rob said. They find a chick in a box. They the basically Shanghai by pirates, right? Um, there, there's something going on, and this dude rescues her, basically. And 
This movie is why people think the cheapest way to travel is to just mail yourself to China. <laughs> that's yeah, that's how she got there. Um, and she was like basically going to be sold to this like casino owner, and she gets accidentally rescued by Willard, with the perfect name for a superhero, Willard. Willard. Um, and he like he he's doing something else, but he kind of ends up rescuing her because he's after his money. Um, from I guess he transported an illegal cargo or something in this conversation. Yeah, and he just kills everybody. Yeah, that one dude was fucking weird looking. Like, there's actually in this group of like people, there's like these people that look like they would be actually in a karate movie or a or a Big Trouble in Little China kind of movie. You mean like? And there's like a dude whose head looked like a like a yeah, like there was all those like those henchmen in there. Yeah, there's the one that looked freaks. Yeah. Like the that, one guy whose that, head looked like a bean. I'm pretty sure that that guy was related to the director or somebody in the movie, and they're like, "Hey, come on, man, give my give my cousin a job." Which one? The, the bean head guy? Yeah. yeah. No, he's like a famous actor over there. Like, really? He actually was taught. Like, if you look at IMDb, he's like in the top like six people. And he's like wow. keeps on like trying different weapons. Like, and every time he's about to like do something, the weapon gets knocked out of his hand. And he picks up like a giant hunting rifle, and that's gone too. There's, like, a really old dude who actually looks like a Dana Carvey character to me. Like, he's the one that, like, laughed hysterically. (laughs) Right? And, like, the punches aren't hitting, like... And the the dubbing is off for this whole movie. movie Oh, my God, the dubbing is horrible. Bruce Lee ripoff. Yes, yeah, there was, like, a Bruce Lee ripoff. That's funny, I wrote that to Bruce Lee ripoff. With the shirt off and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the dubbing was off, and depending on where you watch this movie... Some people had, like, I've seen other people that watch this. Some people have it with subtitles, and some people don't. And if you don't have subtitles, the first 20 minutes of the movie is completely unintelligible. <laughs> well, because the first half of the movie is in Chinese. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the rest of it's, like, in French-ish, but not really. And, and it's like, what the hell are they saying? Yeah, I was, like, trying, like, the reason why some of this is a little muddled is because I was trying to figure out how to turn the the actual captioning on not the one that's like part of the movie and mm-hmm. i couldn't like and i was like oh crap like that that captioning only was like you know door breaking sound guy laughs <laughs> there was no like what are they saying i had that too uh, and it didn't it didn't translate anything yeah I, I agree all it said was like sounds and thing, stuff like that like in the movie but there was no um there was no dialogue mm-hmm. so i didn't know what the hell was going on for the first 10 minutes or the second or the third ten minutes or right. ever. The well, whole basically movie, the whole movie, but at least the rest of the movie, I understood like the words that were they were saying. Like, that yeah, <laughs> a little bit. So they, there is one point where a shirt gets kind of opened, and I was like, okay, it's gonna be this kind of movie. But then they, they don't. Nothing happens. So Willard rescues the girl. He's like, yeah, screw you. I'm not here to save you. And then walks away and leaves and goes into the casino, where it's like Booba Palooza. Like, ah, it is that kind of movie. There was, like, three women on stage naked. Willard is, like, sitting down at a table, like, groping women and whatever. Um, they basically, you know, somehow convince him to help them. I think with by rolling a, a roulette wheel and causing him to, like, I guess she's like, ah, black. Uh, black, you help us red. You never see us again. Boom. Correct. Done. Yeah. Guess what it landed on? Uh, black, yeah. Maybe yeah. On black. So, unfortunately, the movie continues. I was like, red, 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 red. <laughs> oh, God, please be red. <laughs> Credits now, roll. shit, now I gotta watch another hour of this. <laughs> now, I couldn't... I watched it twice. Oh, Thank my you. God. Oh, yeah. Well, that was your punishment. You I, I watched it twice. Man. Watched it. I watched it, and then when I was trying to piece together this synopsis, I was like... This doesn't make sense at all. So I watched it again to make sure I was right. He he watched it, and the second run through, he just watched all the scenes with the boobs. That was the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just pieced the thing together with the boob scenes. Dude, if I wanted to see boobs, I would just look at myself after all this, like uh, sitting at home with a bunch of Swiss cake rolls. Just take off my shirt in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> he just. <laughs> At least you got something out of it. <laughs> I've been in the house for a year and a half. Or a year and like three months. Greg and his Swiss cake roll moves. <laughs> Swiss cake roll moves. 
<laughs> Rob just named this episode, apparently. There you go. <laughs> oh, God. That's fantastic. Swiss cake roll moves. Uh, okay, so if I did not tell you this was from a Bondage comic, you would have probably figured it out because this is the first well, – actually, the second time already in the first 20 minutes of the movie in which people get captured and put in jail. I believe there's like four or five captured-type sequences in this Uh if not more. In one of them, <laughs> never mind. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, so they are arrested because of, uh, I don't even know why the hell they're arrested, but I think because of the money. Money gets missing. And a new character has arrived. Her name is Beth. She has bangs, and she's kind of adorable. She looks a little bit like Emo Phillips, but that doesn't make her any less adorable. <laughs> um, oh, my God, she does. They get arrested. Yeah, yeah. See? You're watching the movie right now, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> no. And to get out, and they're in like this jail, and you could just tell, like it, the jail is covered in these like cobwebs that look like when you, when you tell your kid to put up the Halloween cobwebs and they don't stretch them out enough, they're just kind of like tossed on things, like these giant cotton, nasty, stupid cobwebs. Yeah, like they didn't even try. Yeah, and mm, that's good. All right. And the guy Willard decides to sexually harass uh, Gwen. If I'm just call her Gwen, because Gwendolyn, not Gwyneth. Uh, by kissing her and she's like what and then he grabs her ass and or slaps her ass and grabs her and she screams and that of course causes the uh jail guard it, to come isn't over. that when she starts moaning yeah 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 i'm like because what the shit just happened right. yeah so it was really just a vehicle to get him to molest her but it was there was no train of thought and she was kind of enjoying it but also kind of not because I guess she's a nun or something. They get out of jail because of this. They are able to break out. And this is where they go to see Sherko. Sherko is the man who apparently lives in an opium den, constantly getting oral sex. I want that job, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. The So what did you have to say about Sherko? Omar, weren't you asking about, or was that Greg that was I, asking about? I, the... So that whole scene. Yeah, it was Omar. It was Omar. Uh, uh, well, all right. So here's the deal. I'm watching this fucking movie, okay? <laughs> and then they walk in and talk to this guy. And I use and, the word movie loosely. Well, okay. That's fair. So in the scene, there's this dude, and he's talking to the main characters. And there's this, like, woman... But at first, like, I'm not really paying attention. And then I'm like, this isn't stopping. <laughs> like, it's not ending. It was a very, it was a ridiculously long scene. And the entire time, this woman, like, at first I thought she was kind of, like, kissing him. And then I was like, wait a second. Because the angle was a little bit. Anyway, it seems like it was a very long blowjob. <laughs> it's apparently what it was. He's, and... <laughs> he is laying slouched because he's doing, because he's doing hash or whatever. I don't do drugs well. I think it was uh, he's like opium. laying at an angle, and and she is like hovering where either he's got a very long penis, or she's kissing the top of his stomach. That's what I'm saying because she's hovering there. But but it's like a 15 minute scene of him talking right. while this is happening, and it was it was awkward. Yeah, and one part of the scene is like, oh yeah, you, you have to go to the yik yak. Which I still don't know as a people or an area. But you have to go to the Yik Yak. I think it's... And he's like, I'll show you where the Yik Yak is. Yeah, I think so. And he's like, I'll show you where it is. And he starts, like, drawing... He, like, licks his fingers and starts drawing it on this naked woman's back. And, like... Right, which doesn't help. Because it's not like it was ink. And then, like, I think think Gwendolyn... (laughs) I think her response is like, isn't there a giant... Isn't there an enormous crevasse with smoke? Or crevice with smoke? I'm like... There's an enormous crevice on my screen right now. But, yeah, so th- that's, the, you know, weird, weird scene. Like, right. it was like, oh, boy, this is cha- this is changed on a dime from something that might have had some benefit, but did not. Uh, up next, they basically, they, uh, yeah, they go to, there's a boat, because Willard has a boat. He's constantly trying to, to leave, throw and he's constantly, like, throw them off the boat, and... The women take one, you know, kind of one up him by basically saying, "You get rid of us, you're never going to find your packages," which was a sequence that wasn't even in the film. But basically, I guess the Beth girl, the emo Phillips chick, 
stole some packages from him. Like, and I don't know where they are. Uh, they get a, they're in the water and she's like talking about the packages and he yells, bitch, and then throws his knife. But it was like one of those twist scenes with like, a, he was actually calling in a crocodile a bitch, I think. Oh, right. right. He, like, that's did right. you yeah, get a crocodile know. with a knife? He, yeah. He, he killed a crocodile yeah. with, and his knife looks like, um, for, for those uh, youngsters, uh, it looks like the little bird thing that Robin has in Teen Titans, but it's like a grappling hook with a knife in it with no rope. Um, so, yeah, he, he kills a crocodile. Um, yeah, because, like, technically with that thing, if you have one blade pointing forward and four pointing back towards you. Yeah. Seems like a terrible idea. <laughs> uh, and, he's, and he's, like, he know if he's supposed to be a great explorer... And he knows this water has crocodiles in it. Why does he keep pos- tossing these chicks in there? I don't know. This uh, there's <laughs> there's a bunch of pirates that come up, and yeah, but I've they're said, hiding because yeah, they're, they're gonna surprise him. They're yeah, like they're on a junk boat, like the, the junk boat. And uh, what? Go ahead, Rob. <laughs> you you started it. Well, and they're they're asking. I don't. This was another part where I couldn't tell what it was they were saying. Um, but I, I imagine, I, I think this is where he was supposed to be like trading something to them. And they're like, well, where's the stuff? And he's like, well, you know, there's pirates. And they're like, oh, ho, ho, pirates, huh? And then everybody comes onto the boat and I'm like, what? Okay. So I think they were trying to steal his stuff. And then there's this big fight scene and then we move on. Yeah. So. Because nothing talk about, of consequence, actually. <laughs> well, I talk about editing and filmmaking in this, and, like, there are certain things in films that are kind of unwritten rules, or even written rules, for that matter. One of those things is the way people are facing. So, for example, if you were doing a conversation scene and one person is facing to the right, when they cut to the person that's talking to them, they want to be facing to the left, so it looks like you're, you know, like you're watching a tennis match, right? You know, mm-hmm. looking back and forth. If you really, like... So I tend to notice these things... And one of the things they did in this scene is he, the Willard was actually looking the wrong way when the when the boat arrived, and they did a hard cut. And it was like a weird thing to notice when there's this much bad stuff in a movie, but it's like the easiest thing in the world to get right. Like we know the boat's coming up this direction. Make sure he's looking in that direction. Yeah, they just didn't. Care. And like he's looking the wrong direction, and when they're having this conversation, so it looks like the pirates are behind him, and he's talking off the back of his own boat instead of the front of his boat. And it's a stupid thing to notice, but if you can't get that right. You're not going to get anything else right. So I had to make note of it. They didn't care. <laughs> because there are going to be boobs. There'll be boobs. It'll be okay. So I don't entirely know why they go to this next place. But they go to someone else for info about this. So uh, I, if you guys haven't figured it out yet, they're looking for Gwendolyn slash Tawny Katane's father who went looking for a butterfly and has disappeared. It is supposed to be a giant mythical land and everyone in their freaking brother has seen her father, right? You notice that? Yeah. Like everyone is, either like has everybody they encounter is like, oh yeah, I saw him down at the corner store the other day. <laughs> right? And it's like, so he, he can't traded be that me lost. his clothes for some reason. He can't be that lost. Like, when you think desert, you think miles and miles and miles of sand. And depending on where you enter said desert, you're not going to see another person. But everyone seems to have seen that. So they go, they pull up um, to this dock, and a, a little person, or should I say, who, Rob, from last episode? Danny Trejo. There you go. Ah. Uh, Danny Trejo runs to the boat. That was Rob, not me, that said that, not me. <laughs> Terrified. Again, we did. Um, oh, no, no, no. You brought that one up. That's on you. Yeah, true. He runs over to the boat. Uh, they go in. It's kind of like... You You're know, gonna be machete den. just like me. Yeah, den of den of pirates, and they see this. The Gwendolyn faints because she sees her dad's clothes, um, and they do. Uh, they they do have something that we really need on this podcast, though. There, I don't know if you noticed it. They in fact have a helper monkey, <laughs> which would be lovely to have, um, but. They, they're playing this, like, knife-stabbing game, you know, where they, like, stab the hand of the knife, and there's, like, these pegs on the thing, and I'm sure there was a story behind that, but, you know, whatever. 
And the guy who's been an asshole up to this point and has, I believe, multiple times said, I don't care about this freaking butterfly, says the phrase, I'll do anything for science. Is it the same guy? Did no. you see that? And I'm... I, I may as well just throw it in here because this this movie, to me, really seemed like the two main characters were acting in two different movies. Because Tony Katane was very obviously in a Hallmark movie. And Brent Huff <laughs> was very obviously in an action flick where he is the... The not even the rogue, he's just trying to get shit done and doesn't want to be bothered. And and she is like everything he does is dreamy and says the most out of place shit every time he says something to her. And I'm like, he's like, get away from me, woman. You're disgusting. You've got diseases. And she's like, oh, he's so handsome. (laughs) I'm like, what? I love you. What? Big blue eyes and long Long white white hands. hands. Like, what was that? I don't know. I don't understand. I that movie that there's a line. If we are wondering what we're referencing, there's a line where she's talking about him, and she goes, "He has big blue eyes and long white hands." And at this point, we were like 45 minutes to an hour in this into this movie where I was just like, okay, yeah, that's a description that used to happen back then. No, that's never been a description, ever. That has never been a thing, ever, in time. No one has ever said that shit. And Oh, oh and also, it wouldn't be a good thing at any point ever because no one ever cares how one long – like when they say long white hands, I was thinking like giant alien like <laughs> – like, like honestly, like Bib Fortuna. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, Bib Fortuna, like, the dude that hangs out with Jabba the Hutt, like, I was thinking of him, because he had these, like, long white fingers. Like, no. Like, you don't want that. And he, they wouldn't be, because he's outside in the fucking desert all the time. Beautiful eyes and well-groomed toe hair. Like, just beautiful. (laughs) How could you not fall in love with that? Oh, my God. (laughs) So. Go ahead. We will move on, but you are correct. I I agree. We're going to move on here. They leave this place. And here is where the biomes are more crazy than, like, when my child plays Minecraft. Where they go from, like... More crazy than a Pauly Shore movie. (laughs) Yeah. Like, they go from a jungle that's, like, full-on jungle. Snakes, you know, uh, plants everywhere, low-hanging branches and vines and crap. And then they turn the corner and they're in a desert. And then, all of a sudden, they're, like, a sinkhole-type waterfall thing. Like a high terrain type desert thing and then a cave yeah and like a cave so there's no it doesn't make sense that the spacing is worse the butterfly than lives like in the, the sinkhole by the way it does it's worse than the final season of like game of thrones when like they spend four seasons going across this entire terrain and then seven minutes in one episode afterwards <laughs> in like the last season um something weird happens here uh, oh just here yeah, because it starts to rain. And do you guys remember what happened when it started to rain? What what Willard said? Take off your clothes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's raining, and for some reason, they're both running around shirtless. Not that I mind Tawny Katane running around shirtless, but why? There was no point. They're, they're using their clothes to funnel water into their canteens. When leaves... Would have worked just as well and probably been more easier to handle. There was enough rain to where all they had to do was hold their canteens up. And it would have filled the Leaves water. would have been better because, you know, they're not porous, first of all. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you are, yeah. so it's, ra- it's raining. He's like, get naked. So it was really just an excuse for these three people to get naked. And, the, you know, the two women who are just nuns are like, okay. Sure. Supposed to be nuns, I guess. That yeah. right. That's a thing. Um, the, reason they had to, the reason they had to <laughs> do this or, is because this person who's been uh, – he basically is walking into the woods. He's making fun of the butterfly hunt. He's like, ah, stupid butterfly, blah, 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 blah. Uh, then they hit the desert, and he's like, wait, stop, because one of the, the girls is about to step on a uh, pile of rocks. And he runs over, and he's like, be careful, and he moves the rocks aside, and there's this like little shriveled up plant. He's like, it's a desert rose. 
just three drops of water and it can live for 40 years or whatever. And he dumps the rest of the canteen on it. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm like, okay, so what? So what is he? Does he just hate butterflies? Because they're trying to make him seem like he's a big nature person. Here, no, no. It, he was. He poured the water. On I it think to try to get you are looking out. way too much into this movie. It was. He did what now? He <laughs> was trying. He, he the reason he poured all the water out onto the rose. What? Mm-hmm. It, okay, I'm sorry. This is what it seems. Because he like didn't want to be there. Okay, he poured the water all onto the rose because now they had an empty canteen, and they didn't have any more water. So, so they had, they had to turn around. Yeah, we're gonna have to go back. We're done. And she or was maybe like, he no, was just trying going. to kill it by overwatering it. Uh, that was the what only I got thing. out I of the know. scene is. I don't know. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Um, what I got out of the scene is that Tawny Katane had really good lips. She had very yeah, sexy that's lips. Fair. That's what I got out of that well, scene. Well, and I think that's what the director was going for in this scene. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what the director was going for in every scene, actually, because none of the other scenes made any more sense than this one. The, the fact that they were walking Wendelin. through a jungle shirtless made me itchy just from <laughs> knowing what it like. If I stepped outside of my house, not in a jungle, but still Florida, the mosquitoes the size of, like, yeah, Sharpays would come and <laughs> chew me up. And you know that if this wasn't shot on a, a soundstage, that all three of those people would have been dead from malaria. That's a good point. Uh, they're heading towards the area where the Kyops live. Those are cannibalistic people, and I believe this is what you're going to be hinting at earlier. Was when they got when they got themselves trapped in a bamboo cage. Oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> they got tied up. They got captured. They got tied up. They got taken to a cage, and then we're treated to a scene of Willard talking two women into orgasm. I'm like, what is going on? What touchless uh, orgasm? I. I can't. I can't even right now. All he was. Just, it wasn't just words, and she was like, "Yes." All over the place. She was like, "Oh, oh, <laughs> oh!" I'm like, "What?" She I'm was like, a nun. You gotta be shitting me, man! And then they got Beth going too. And then when they noticed that Beth was enjoying it, he was like, "Ho, ho, ho, ho! It's a threesome! Ho, 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 ho! It's funny!" And everybody laughs. And I'm like, "Shut up!" <laughs> Shit. Stab yourself in the face. I can't I can't do this anymore. Why is Greg making me watch this? Because And then and oh this was when I texted you because when they got out of the cage, we were treated to a Scooby Doo scene. We were. Let me just Okay, ready let me just my notes from this. What's up with the straw thing? Because he uh he was messing with the straw, but it turned out he made a blow art and shot somebody in an eye. Right. Uh, he's phone sexting her with no phone. Is this a first? Awkward. Is he going to talk her into an orgasm? Dude has very blue eyes. Other chick, too. Did he just eat poop? He's got uh, long white hands. <laughs> Tommy. So it, the guy that gets shot in the eye actually looked like Tommy Davidson in he Ace Ventura. He did Ventu- from Ace, Ace Ventura. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's uh, so funny. Tribal guys have a Scooby-Doo chase is what I wrote. And then... Uh, Spiderweb is the Calibdo and Clouds of Poison. So yeah, we had a Scooby Doo chase. Which, if you, do you guys know what a Scooby Doo chase is out there? Obviously, Rob, you can describe it to them. Oh my God! It's when it's when you've got a a static image of a hallway with a bunch of doors where people go in and out of the doors chasing each other. Correct. And they go in one door and then they come out another door that they're not that they really shouldn't be coming out of. And you know, it's like they're they're all crisscrossing. And sometimes you get. The, the tribal guy chasing the girls and then it turns around and the girl's chasing the tribal guy and then she's like, oh, I'm chasing him. I better turn around and go back the other way. Ho, 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 ho. It just... What? Yeah, but this time it was behind rocks. It wasn't a door. But same basic idea. Right. It was like a field. Yeah. So yeah. there was that. Random clouds of poison. They've, of course, been captured by this cannibal tribe so they do, you know, captured again. Uh, they escape and they find out where the butterfly is and as soon as they find the butterfly the dude immediately tries to throw his hat at it I'm like so you've been looking for this butterfly and now you're just going to kill it immediately (laughs) (laughs) which I mean they were going to kill it anyway to put it like in a collection I guess but still Um, but because Beth is a complete utter moron she's captured again by this time by different people 
And now we are in this underground oh, cave sorry, that Rob is talking you. about. Adorable. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, yes, an on. adorable moron. Wait, I thought you used to call me adorable moron. Well, yeah, but now no, he still does. <laughs> yeah, she's still an adorable moron. Well, she's not a moron, but she, the actress is still adorable. Uh, she's been in a bunch of stuff too. A lot of people from this movie went on to have very illustrious careers in France, at least. But um, moving on, uh, they escape. Beth gets captured. Now we're in this underground cave. It is a diamond mine. Uh, the town is called uh, the area is called Pikaho. Or Pikachu, as I wanted to write. Uh, what was up with the armor? The armored chick that they find was like that. I couldn't figure that out. Like the the, the editing gets really rough at this part of the movie. She, it was she rough was a before. guard. She was a guard who got killed when they threw the when they threw the the hook up onto the onto the ledge and it latched into her throat. So they came up, they took her armor off, and now they're walking around with armor and boobs hanging out. And a bunch of women, and there's it's like a society of women, and a dude who always just says superb, yes, superb, and it makes even less sense now because I don't even know what the hell we're doing. We're just, I think we're farming diamonds, maybe, and and it, it all becomes a jumbled mess. And then they have then they have a Ben Hur moment where there's like a chariot scene. Okay, uh, you're, you've gone too far. <laughs> oh, the freeze it became a huge jumbled mess. Yeah, we'll get there. Oh, okay. So, underground thing, basically what Rob said is correct. Uh, the armor is, all the women's armor is only, only covers a boob, not the other one. Or no boob. Yeah. Yeah, so we got that. Uh, the lead dude is now only wearing a thong at this point. Um, as is, as is Tony Katane. Well, because he's trying well, to yeah. disguise himself. Uh, the machinery, Yeah. He's disguising himself uh, as one of the, the machinery. Women. So that's yeah, why he's exactly. Himself. Oh yeah, so there's you know there's some some we went from a Scooby Doo chase to a to cross dressing. <laughs> you know I would have gotten away for with it if it wasn't for you kids. The machinery that works to dig up the diamonds makes no sense whatsoever, but it is all powered by women being sucked up into a tube or like pulled around or yanked or whatever. Oh my god, it's very very strange. Like you could like. Sometimes you could look at a movie and be like, yeah, I kind of understand what this person's fetish is. Uh, like, what was that? There was that zombie movie, Rob, we watched a long time ago that was like where th- the zombie outbreak was caused by people getting farted on. And like, and we watched it like, uh, you were at my house, I think, on New Year's Eve. And it was like a movie, it was like Toilet of the Damned or something. Oh, God. And like yes. you could totally tell the guy had a poop fetish because like it was all these like Asian women being like, Oh, I have gotten poop on me and then they turn into a zombie. <laughs> yeah. Like, or like Quentin Tarantino and his foot thing. Like this it was like the precursor to Saw with like all of this random like just women being tied into machines and getting pulled around and you know. It was weird. And it made no sense whatsoever. And they were supposed to, I guess, be looking for, for uh, diamonds of some sort. Uh, they do escape, but not before we actually meet the queen, who's apparently the big villain of this movie that we only meet the 20, 20 minutes before it's over. And uh, she's got the dude with her. Um, Beth, haircut lady, is tied to a wall with like a cork in her mouth that's controlling a blade, which I thought was a very weird saw-like device. Right, right? if she let did it go, get, she was going to get um, yeah. impaled, impaled by, like, by these like, icicle-looking yeah. things. But, like, if you notice, even though, like, she lets it go, it doesn't launch right away. And then she, like, is able to move out of the way. So you would think, why didn't she just spit it out and move out of the way? No, her hands she were was, tied. She was tied to the wall. Her she hands couldn't. were tied. Tawny Contain untied her. She was tied to, other, to either side right. of the wall. Right, she couldn't go anywhere. So only when she had one hand free could she get out of the way. Uh. Yeah, this this movie didn't make sense, but that wasn't one that, of the that parts did, that did. That, yeah, sense. that was no, because I, I I thought she let go of it and then untied her. So I thought there was a delay. No, um, she grabbed it so that Beth wouldn't drop it, and then untied her she hand. She untied with her other it hand. first, uh, and then she let go. Gotcha. She held on I was to looking the string. Fabulous hair, and then and then. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I remember that. 
the so Beth no longer captured and a move a scene that was apparently very uh important because it was in the trailers when you watched it was the lead dude being slowly dropped into a pit full of uh, horny women yes i know that game buddy. I was like what the <laughs> <laughs> whereas omar likes to say tuesday tuesday <laughs> sign me up <laughs> Uh, sadly, that's not true. Anyway. <laughs> uh, we are also, there's a battle where, where uh, yeah, I guess Beth has to, Beth fights and kills a chick. There's, uh, yeah. And there's, now Gwendolyn uh, must kill Gwendolyn. Yeah, yeah. So we got a, a battle of, of the Gwendolyns so, uh, for uh, uh, Willard's, uh, I guess, Schlong, really. There's no better way to put it. <laughs> we also have, as I wrote, chariots of boobs. Yes. Uh, yes. Well, the, the Gwendolyn must kill Gwendolyn happened after the chariot, uh, yeah, the great chariot the fiasco of uh, 2021. Yeah. But it's funny because so this whole the, part the chariots of the movie, are pulled by naked women. This whole part of the movie, when they get to this scene with this Amazon type of lady scene. It was very, very lengthy. Like it was too long. It was like it was almost like a second movie. I was waiting for it to end. Mm -hmm. This this whole movie was too it long. Was. That's true. Yeah, that's fair. Do you know what I mean by that? Well, like, the editing that there scene was... never ended. Like it was just it just felt like they were just trapped by these people for like a good hour, and it was way too much. Like mm -hmm. it didn't need to drag on that long. Well, the editing was really bad too because like there's this whole sequence of him being dropped into this pit of women. It cuts from that to the chariot sequence and then it cuts back and he's done being groped like there's no real like it it, it doesn't flow well at all. the like, chariot sequence was after she won and they were trying to catch her because they knew who she was yeah but if you really look at the it's just it's so like there's no transition between it right because like i had to watch that sequence twice and it wasn't because there was naked people it was just because like i was like wait how did this happen because yeah, they the don't naked show people was just a bonus it was the only way i could watch twice because I was like, how did, like, because the notes weren't making sense. And I went back and I, because, you know, as you're taking notes when watching something, you're not, you don't know what's coming next. So I was like, okay, my notes are, my notes are bouncing around. And if you actually watch the movie, my, I was writing exactly what was happening down. And the movie was bouncing around Correct. to things that didn't actually yeah. connect. And it just um, came out of nowhere. It didn't make sense. The, the old dude I was referring to is Mr. Belvedere, by the way. Um, yeah. It's still there, but. Because it was just, you know, naked people. <laughs> so so then they, they find Gwendolyn. She got loose, and they had the, the chariot chase scene. And then there's this big crash or whatever. People die. There's bodies everywhere. And that's when Beth tells her Gwendolyn must kill Gwendolyn. So, and I don't know why she spoke like that, because what she wanted her to do was take the dead girl's armor and pose as one of the guards so that mm -hmm. she could get back into the court to rescue Willard. Uh, meanwhile, the old guy that you mentioned, or Mr. Belvedere. Yes, superb. It's superb. Uh, he decides to just end it all by setting off the volcano. Um, and, you know, they, uh, Gwendolyn kills Gwendolyn. She gets to consummate her victory by having sex of, in front of everyone. Yeah. Um, and we, we're treated to a really long like erotic sex scene between Gwendolyn and by and the way, Lillard. she's wearing a giant. Yeah. Cape or something, yeah. So that you can't see anything. Just this huge yeah. thing, which is fine. <laughs> it just didn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. In, in a desert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so volcano goes off the queen and the citizens of Pikachu or Pikachu are killed. Gwendolyn, Beth, and Willard escape. Well, Gwendolyn and Beth escape. Willard stays behind to try and grab some diamonds and then gets trapped. I think you had a longer version of the movie because I didn't have that part. Say that again. And, then, and then Willard meets them up on the sands and, and they're like, Willard, no! And then he shows up and they're like, oh, Willard! And he's like, oh, look what I got! And he's got the butterfly and... I don't get. I don't think I saw the diamond part. That's weird. 
Maybe I did. I don't the know. diamond part was there. He went back for him, and that's when that, that they did the whole Indiana Jones like lowering down of the door. The rock yes. trapped him in. Uh, and they like roll under it. Gotcha. But but Willard stayed to get some diamonds, and then met him up top in the desert. And he's like, "Oh, look what I found!" And he's got the butterfly, and she's like, "Oh, you!" And he's like, "Ha ha 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 ha!" And then the movie froze frame, and that was the end. Yeah. And I was somehow like, in here there was oh, a, there was God. a sequence that I I didn't talk about. It was actually kind of important where where she falls off of a cliff, and he lunges to look, and she's like, "If I fall." I'm going to be screaming your name the whole way down or something like that because you're the only one I care for. Then she, like, fans falling, and he's like, I love you. It was so awkward and weird and poorly written. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't remember like exactly I said, what she was felt. in a Hallmark movie, and he was in an action flick. Yeah. Their dialogue just didn't fit. Like, the entire movie, mm-hmm. it was like... He was very much a... Uh, I think he was trying to be roguish or something. I don't know. Yeah. It was pretty bad. I have no responsibility to you whatsoever. I'm going to drink and and eat what I want and steal and and womanize. And she's like, oh, we'll go to the countryside and meet my mother and you'll love her. And, and, and it'll be I'm Christmas like, every week. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, my, I believe at some point towards the end of the movie, there's a picture of Beth looking lovingly at them because some for some reason i wrote in my notes can someone please fuck beth <laughs> okay fine i'm not, i don't well, care who someone <laughs> needs to because she because she needed she the the way that character was graded it was like is she a lesbian is she obsessed what's the deal like doesn't she matter would, who just somebody just somebody take care of that please yeah and it, uh, yeah it could have been anyone uh okay that is our lovely movie this oh movie God. made uh, nothing. Well, well, yeah, made nothing. If you probably because the budget had to be a little bit big because there's a lot of people in it. Uh, one million three hundred thirty-seven dollars and three one million three hundred thirty-seven thousand two hundred seventy-four dollars and twelve in, cents in America. <laughs> uh, technically, it made a little bit more because I made us all watch it, and you can only get it on Amazon Prime <laughs> for two dollars ninety-nine cents. <laughs> So it now made that plus, plus another, you know, <laughs> yeah, nine bucks or whatever. You're welcome. That is. Uh, do you know what else happened this year? Uh, Omar, did you come up with the history? Okay, so that specific week, no. But that month, there's some interesting things that happened in January of 1985. Um, January 1st. The first United States mandatory seatbelt law went into effect in New York. January, that was January nice. 1st of 80. So I was wearing a seatbelt when my parents brought me to see this movie. Yeah, correct. And that, was in New York, that was in New York State. January 1st, one of my favorites, VH1 made his broadcasting debut, debut which Ooh. I think is kind of cool. Um, also January 1st of that month, uh, the first British mobile phone... Uh, uh, call is made to Vodafone. The first British oh. mobile phone call. That mm. that had to have terrible, terrible reception. I would imagine, yeah. Oh, and the Internet's domain name system is created. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Mm. I thought that was really interesting. Although, because of that Internet domain name system created, if you really trace that path, it leads to us being able to watch this movie. <laughs> So was it really a good yeah. thing? Thanks no. for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, that uh, week in movies, uh, the Termin- Terminator was number 20. Amadeus was number 18. Johnny Dangerously, 15. 2010 was number 12. And from number 10 on was The Cotton Club. Number 9, That's Dancing. I don't remember that. Number 8, Starman. That was a great movie. Number 7, The River. Number 6, Protocol. Number five, The Flamingo Kid. That was a great movie. Number four, Mickey and Maud. Number three, A Passage to India. Number two, The Falcon and the Snowman. And number one, Beverly Hills Cop. Huh? Uh huh. Right? Yeah, there's some great ones. Uh, in music that week, 
Careless Whisper by Wham, number five. Come on. Uh, you're all crying just hearing that. I could tell. Easy Lover, Phil Collins and Philip Bentley. Uh, what was his name? Philip Bailey, number four. Uh, Chicago was number three with You're the Inspiration. I Want to Know What Love Is by Foreigner was number two. And number one, Madonna, Like a Virgin. Come on. 1985 was amazing. That was a great that was a great freaking week for music and movies and pop culture in general. Okay, so we are the Give Me 5 podcast. You know why we're the Give Me 5 podcast? I don't. Because we do Give Me 5 lists. We do Give Me 5 lists. Oh. And you were burying the lead. I just went for it. <laughs> oh. oh crap, hold on. I am trying to get a list. So, we have got um Let's see. Our list this week, our question this movie was a terrible, terrible, terrible Indiana Jones ripoff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, probably they were like, we have this movie. What should we do with it? Let's make it seem like it was an Indiana Jones ripoff. They didn't know whether to make it an adventure movie or a sci-fi movie or a bondage or a movie. movie. Or soft, yeah, soft <laughs> porn or a Hallmark movie. I wouldn't have gone that direction in theory, but you're not wrong. Um, uh, so we're going to go with. I don't want to go with terrible ripoffs because this movie, I, I, this is the worst of the Give Me Five podcast or the Give Me Five podcast ripoffs uh, of the Indiana Jones ripoffs. I want to go with the best ones. So the question this week is the best Indiana Jones ripoffs in film, and I'll start. Please, uh, not in film. It could be anything. It could be any media. Yes. And I'm going to start with an honorable mention. That honorable mention, only because it's outdated now, but it was kind of a big deal back then. I'm going to go with the video game Pitfall. Oh, Ooh. my God. That's beautiful. But because, was that, in fact, an Indiana Jones ripoff? Was Indiana that Jones came out in 1981. This game came out in – and Pitfall came out in 1982. And the creator of Pitfall did, in fact, say that it, that it uh, okay. was referenced. It was a reference. Nice. Um, he said it was – he said that he made the game based on Indiana Jones uh, – Tarzan, and for some reason he mentioned he mentioned Heckle and Jekyll, which I'm not sure what that came in, like the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. Number five is going to be the Laura Croft Tomb Raider video game. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like any of the movies for some reason. I know a lot of people do, but I, that's number five. Number four, it's got kids in it, but it is an kind of an Indiana Jones esque adventure. What about the Goonies? Uh, that's what I thought you'd say. Who go with the Goonies on that one? Number three, possibly the last good uh, uh, Nicolas Cage movie. Like, well, no, Mandy's pretty good. The last good non-insane Nicolas Cage movie, National Treasure, mm-hmm. would be number three. Mm-hmm. Number two, Brendan Fraser was in it, and the Scorpion King was not the mummy. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But number one is possibly not only one of my favorite video games of all time. I want a lot of video games, which I usually don't. Possibly one of my favorite video games of all time, and it is the best sequel to Indiana Jones after the third one, because there were no other movies after the third Indiana Jones movie, which I don't know if you knew that. Uh, Uncharted. The Uncharted game series And you're a damn liar if you insist that there are. Yeah, exactly. Because the Uncharted series is um, one of those beautiful cinematic video games that just it's fun. You go you break into caverns and caves and there's all sorts of crazy fun things and you go to exotic places and kill the natives that live there it's fun so uncharted is my number one i'm gonna go ahead and play a voicemail this voicemail is from a patron of unusual size alec thank you hey give me five podcast uh this is alec top five indiana jones ripoffs uh number five national treasure Number four, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Number three is um, um, Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm trying to figure out my list in real time here. Guardians of the Galaxy. I love the um, the opening scene that pays homage to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Number two, Romance in the Stone, which I think was mentioned on a, by Omar on, on the uh, paid, on the Patreon episode. And then number one is the mummy i think this is the best example of you know basically taking indiana jones and putting in a different story they 
yeah, that, that's a true adventure film. Anyway, those are my top five ripoffs of Indiana Jones. Hope you like it. Thanks. Bye. Excellent. Well I done, try. N- I try not to listen to these beforehand, but I, I kind of like the the Rescue Rangers thing because of the, you know, Chip. Is it Chip that's dressed yeah. like Indiana Jones and Dale yep. is dressed like Magnum PI? That was a great. Yep. That was a great uh, reference. I did not catch that. Like I didn't think of that. That was good. Um, I'll I'll jump in real quick. Um, I like the Goonies thing, but uh, my top five is similar. In no particular order. Can I do that? Is that all right? Okay. No particular order. I'm just going to read them from top to bottom as I have them written down. Um, uh, the Mummy with Brendan Fraser. Like, that was that was, that was was good. I mean, it rocked. It worked. Um, number four, um, Michael Douglas as Jack Colton in uh, Romancing the Stone. I love that movie. I saw it in the theater when I was a youngster. I, I could still watch it today. Angelina Jolie as uh, Laura Croft. She did a great job. Nick Cage um, in National Treasure. And I know we're talking about Indiana Jones, but I was kind of like looking around online for ideas, and it kind of makes sense to me. Um, Harrison Ford uh, in Blade Runner. I know it's not exactly that same sort of... I know it's like a different time period, but he is kind of an Indiana Jones-type character. Okay, first of all, Harrison Ford could never be Indiana Jones. I've known Indiana Jones... Wait, no, that's not right. Harrison Ford would be terrible Indiana Jones, okay? Yeah, (laughs) that's an interesting thing. Weird Al, great Indiana Jones. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting thing. Not the Weird Al. Just because of that, I'm putting UHF on my list. (laughs) Please do. Well played, Omar. (laughs) Okay, Rob, what's your list? (laughs) Honorable mention, UHF. Um, I I will say that I had an honorable mention for Alan Quartermain, which was a, I believe there were two movies in that series. Um, but my my number five is going to be National Treasure. Yeah. My number four is going to be Uncharted. My number three is going to be The Mummy. My number two is going to be Tomb Raider. I just think they they did an excellent job and it's been super successful. But my number one is a movie that I remember watching as a kid. And that's Romancing the Stone. And yeah. Jewel of the that's Nile wasn't quite as good, but Romancing the Stone really has that Indiana Jones vibe to it. I remember watching it when I was a kid. That's Gwendolyn in the Land of the Yik <laughs> No, that is incorrect. And this is your last episode. <laughs> wasn't um, Alan Quartermain, wasn't that the character, um, uh, wasn't that the Sean Connery character in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? I believe wasn't it was. he Alan Quartermain as well? I think so. I mean, I don't know if he was Alan, but I think he was something Quartermain. But it was a good movie. It was fine. It, was, it worked. It was fun. Comic was significantly better, I, which yes, us all of us comic nerds. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's see here. Thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, let's see who is who is up next week. Who gets the, the choice? Omar, get the, you get to pick the movie next week. Oh, good. We're heading for another Sound of Thunder. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. You don't have to tell anyone the movie yet. We'll we'll figure that out. Oh, but, uh, and when I do. Feel free to tell people how to contact us. That will be at the very bottom of the notes. Uh, I have to – and they're not – okay. There we go. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on, you can do it, buddy. His notes are tied to a small dog. He's trying, he's trying, <laughs> trying to get him to come around. back. Come on, come on. Okay. Here, boy. Um, next week, okay, so we don't know what we're going to be looking at yet. But there's always GiveMe5Podcast.com if you want to contact us in any way, shape, or form. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me 5 Podcast. Um, Give Me 5 Pod at Twitter and Instagram. Give me five podcast at gmail.com. That's where you, that's where you send us uh, terrible movie suggestions that I can then torture Rob with. <laughs> I mean, if it's from our Patreon listeners, they are not terrible. Am I well, wrong? Yeah. 
Because our Patreon listeners are, are good. They're good people. They are good people. Actually, they are very good people. And I'm thinking of and they one have good taste. person. But I don't, you know, we can yeah. mention her if you'd like, but that's up to you guys. Leave us All a of review our on also. iTunes or whatever podcast app you are using. Cool. Well, thank you for listening. And we will see you next Wednesday. Or Thursday. Thursday. I promise this one's going to be a better one than the last one. No, it shouldn't be. We don't want good. We want bad. Yeah, and I lied when I said that. So. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs>